Let's say like good to Hello, be here. Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We're starting this as soon as possible. Um, I'm here with my boyfriend today. Introduce yourself, boyfriend. Uh, hi, I'm Jessica's boyfriend. My name is Justin. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh huh. This is like our first episode, guys. So if we're a little bit awkward, just keep that in mind. But it's also like there's pressure here. Yeah, it's mostly going to be her. Yeah. yeah. But he's also my first guest, which mm. I think as of recently, I intentionally set up yeah. diabolically <laughs> for you to be my first guest. Mm-hmm. Because I have thought of like having other people on mm-hmm. the show and I think it's important to have you on first because yeah. you're very smart. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate you uh, putting me in front. Yeah, we're being so formal here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll take us. If um, our drinks of the day, this is my second drink of the day. Mm-hmm. And by drink of the day, I mean, how much caffeine are we having today? I'm having absolutely zero caffeine in mine. Okay. I, I love how you just like live life with no caffeine or like anything. Mm-hmm. I'm clean. Anyway, what are you drinking? I'm we'll well we have Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a sweet tooth right now. I'm drinking a frappuccino. Okay. Vanilla bean with um, chocolate chips in it, mm-hmm. and it's made with cream, so it kind of tastes like an Oreo milkshake. I'm also 23. I'm not seven, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having a strawberry side, but it's like a mutant. It's good. It's, like, it's good, but it's like, I feel like it would be a hassle to make if you worked at Starbucks. You used to work at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. A lot of hassles to make. Yeah. Did people like constantly verify, like not verify, mm-hmm. but like alter the strawberry side? When you work there yeah especially um once tiktok started to pop off a couple mm-hmm. years ago yeah and then tiktok content was like oh add this to this drink add mm-hmm. this to this drink make this absolutely absurd drink so then now it's like you're going off a tiktok menu and not like an actual yeah. menu yeah very very uh rarely did did people ever order stuff that was like from the actual menu or it'd be like can i get this with just like light ice or yeah. something very very it's, rarely did basic stuff it's like, like a yassified version <laughs> of something that's already on the yassified starbucks, starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's all just like high schoolers and grown-ass men yeah talk in lifted really? trucks ordering their drinks with extra sprinkles uh-huh it's very it's very uh entertaining <laughs> In a way. Fruitifying drinks. Fruitifying drinks. <laughs> Speaking of kids. Yes. And that was a good segue. That was a good segue. What, right? Yeah. White. 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 Right. right. <laughs> That's a good segue into today's topic. Mm-hmm. We're you want to talk about it first? You can say whatever you want. All okay. right. Except to your own degree. That's up to you. We decided we were going to talk about um, human development mm-hmm. and, I guess, more specifically children. And the reason that we're talking about this is because uh, Jessica and I often have conversations about this human development class that I'm in as kind of an elective. And I think it's interesting how it ties in with my major and it just ties in with how well i guess both of our uh, respective 
um, experiences with children mm-hmm. and experiences with how parents raise their children and mm-hmm. how those same children respect versus fear their children. But we will get in deeper to that. Yeah, as, yeah. We, we have like different uh, aspects of human development that we talk about just because like right now I feel like we're in a stage where I'm working with kids. You're kind of learning about kids. so And I formerly worked with kids as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll come up in conversation a few times and we, we it was that one topic where we could branch off and like come up with a bunch of different ideas mm-hmm. on that relate to that topic. Yeah. And it, it really just ties back into like you being a babysitter at some point because like now I babysit kids. Yeah. And like I spend a lot of time with kids now. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like kids that much. Let's start there. <laughs> But there's there's a lot you can learn from kids. There's a lot of like insight, I feel like, where you wouldn't expect to find any. Mm-hmm. You know. A lot you can learn about how they how they growing up, their uh, yeah. environment, their con- mm-hmm. material conditions they're growing up in. And you learn more about yourself too. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this might have gone wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was that young. Yeah. And you're you're learning more about like they're a mirror the psychology in a lot of, ways. of Mm-hmm. A lot of the psychology, and I'm a biology major as well, so mm-hmm. we also learn a little bit of the biology behind it, and that's an interesting aspect because, you know, that's not something that's typically, like, heavily considered in parenting, I would think, mm-hmm. the, like, aspect of, like, these children, like, can process this information, however, however this well. That's interesting, so, like... Mm-hmm there's like psychology part of it to where it's like your outside environment and how that affects you. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about like the biological side of it. So, mm-hmm. Well, the, it's interesting too, cause there's this whole separate field that's mm-hmm. called uh, uh, psychobiology, which studies mm-hmm. the biology behind psychology. Mm-hmm. And I've known actually a couple of people who have taken those classes and have majored in that. It's a really interesting topic. Mm-hmm. We've touched on it in my biology courses about like the genetic aspects of um, things such as how like trauma can be inherited and mm-hmm. uh, sent down to your children. How um, like trauma like, in the body? No, uh, like me- like emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. Do you think that gets carried over? It does in some degree. Mm-hmm. There's this whole topic of science called epigenetics which mm-hmm. studies the impact of different things that are called you know epigenetic tags and how it um creates variations in how your dna is expressed and a lot of people contribute that to um um how kids have certain temperaments mm-hmm. because their temperaments are a result of um prenatal yeah, <laughs> sorry. Temperaments are a result of uh, prenatal conditions. Like if your mother, if the mother is super stressed out when she was pregnant, that mm-hmm. creates a lot of cortisone levels, and a lot of cortisone levels in fetuses results in um, lower birth, uh, lower uh, birth weights, mm-hmm. and increased anxiety in mm-hmm. children as they grow so up. Like so there, it's an... kids. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a it's a really interesting topic. It's still like relatively nuanced and contemporary Mm -hmm. but yeah so 
it's interesting how they like combine all those different like fields of science and mm -hmm. have like that perspective on kids but we've had bad like we've dealt with pretty bad kids like silver tooth kids to say the least to say yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i think it also like on a biological level like kids can be affected obviously but mm -hmm. also like on the parenting side mm -hmm. so yeah there's um a lot of different ways that parents um well obviously parent their children yeah and there's a lot of different like psychological theories behind the yeah. different ways and like people try to categorize that and i think it's subjective too, like mm -hmm. your opinion on what's gonna work well and like what's not gonna work well in terms of like raising your own kids mm -hmm. yeah and forgive me because i'm i don't remember everything off the top of my head but you know there's um uh authoritarian authoritarian parenting which mm -hmm. is um you know like kind of almost fear-driven parenting like you're gonna respect me because i am your parent mm -hmm. i don't need to explain things to you like i'm gonna rule with an iron fist type of mm -hmm. kind of like parenting based off of like intimidation too yeah. the very traditional kind of like old way of parenting and raising your children then there's the uh authoritative parenting which is parenting where you have you set boundaries with your children you have mm -hmm. set rules in the household you mm -hmm. um expect a certain level of respect from your children mm -hmm. but you sh give show them like you know that basic humanity that respect they need and you explain why some rules are in place rather than just saying like oh because because i said so yeah so it's like you like there's set rules the kids know why they're in place mm -hmm. and they respect you more as a result of that mm -hmm. i feel yeah. like having rules though like just because you have rules doesn't mean the kids are going to respect them mm -hmm. and like kids are always going to try to like negotiate stuff with you and it's interesting because like kids can teach you a lot about negotiation too in mm -hmm. terms of like any like sales or anything because it's like if you can convince a kid to clean their room or like listen to you in a way where like you're having a discussion and you're kind of negotiating mm -hmm it's kind of fun to come up with like creative ways to convince them to listen to you yeah and that's like it's very manipulative <laughs> it's kind of no i think it's it's a lot better than being like do it because i said so mm -hmm. i even think that um you know this is a little away from the topic of children but in my current job i work with a lot of people who have pretty late stage um dementia mm. and they have like schizophrenia mm -hmm. and so they're not very that there they're not very there and they're way up there in age like 85 90 years old and i've noticed there's a lot of uh correspondence i don't know if this, that's necessarily the best thing where they're being kind of infantilized mm. and they're because of their like disabilities yeah and i think that's obviously something that needs to be addressed but there's also a degree of um you, like practicalness when it comes to getting certain things like when i've talked to some of my coworkers, and we have um residents who are you know more likely to throw like throw a punch at you if you try to do something but you know that there are certain ways you can get around their behavior like maybe oh. giving them a snack 
talking to them in a certain way, like pre- preparing them in some way. So it's not completely um like um evil or anything like mm. that. But <laughs> and you said you've worked with people who mm-hmm. like they they're like you said they're not there. They have dementia. Then they might also have some like trauma to where it's like they don't really trust or people and they yeah. have like anxiety about. Mm-hmm anyone touching them or helping them mm-hmm. as well oh um so like negotiating and, and kind of showing like patience and patience is really important mm-hmm. i think with kids yeah it's, a, it, it's like the number one thing you learn working with kids is like patience mm-hmm. yeah if you don't have patience when you're with children you're not going to get anything done and I think that, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that kind of works in at any age level too, but it's even more so with children because yeah. they're so, you know, they're, they're new to this world. They're learning things at their own pace. Mm-hmm. They don't have the privilege of however many years old you are of experience. Yeah. And so just acknowledging that and um, fostering an environment where they can learn without the repercussions of you know, the fact that they just don't know something at that time is mm-hmm. good for their mental health. It, so basically, like, living without... Well, uh, they have to have, like, repercussions, obviously. Oh, yeah, consequences mm-hmm. for their actions. But, like I said, it's like, they won't always follow those things mm-hmm. or respect it. And that really goes back to, like, the parents and, like, how they choose to enforce their own rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and some don't. Yeah. I think especially like what you're speaking on mm-hmm. is very true with kids who are within the ages of like, like post toddlerhood, like being like a young child to like about being a preteen because that's mm-hmm. their age of realizing that they're their own independent person. And then just like realizing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're realizing that. Hey, my own independent person. My parents aren't perfect. When, I can do things that my parents don't tell me to because I have uh, autonomy, and they're naturally going to um, push those boundaries. Really? Do you say? Do you mean like pre-teenage? Yeah. So like anywhere from like four to twelve, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of um, just rebellion, just on the basis mm-hmm. of kids like becoming more self-aware and realizing their own autonomy and about the world around them it's interesting unless they're bad from like the jump (laughs) (laughs) it's like this kid was born bad and like they're just gonna grow up to be like little demons (laughs) and give everyone they encounter a hard time Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely like what we were speaking on before you know uh genetic variations and temperament Mm -hmm. and you know people can attribute that to being um, harder to work with or whatnot, but I generally like to believe that children are pretty blank slates when they're born and they're mostly mm. um, a collage of all of their experiences. Mm. So would you, what percent would you like estimate that like biology plays a factor in it or do you think it varies? It's kind of hard to, person? It kinda, it's kind of hard to put a percentage on it. I think Envi- the environment pl- is the primary factor, mm-hmm. but psychology and genetics in the sense of uh, predispositions to certain things can definitely like f- create 
behavior patterns behavior patterns yes, that exactly. that root from like that predisposed mm-hmm. like biological yeah just coding. To, yeah I mean, not not to get on a different tangent again, but just no, in the yeah, <laughs> but just in the way that like someone with like a parent who's addicted to a drug might be predisposed to become an addict mm-hmm. because they're born with like fetal alcohol syndrome. Do you mean like or, kids who have addictive parents, like in terms of alcohol or like drugs? Yeah, drugs or alcohol. You know, like if a parent. Um, does methamphetamine, mm-hmm. their kid is, well, while they're not going to be born necessarily like craving meth, mm-hmm. they're going to be predisposed to be more likely to become addicted to that substance mm-hmm. or their very like biology and their chemical balance in their system is thrown off. There's this one person I know with some, a friend of my sister mm-hmm. who their parent was an addict and while they were pregnant Mm. and as a result he's had to like go his entire life taking medications to basically offset a sort of like natural high he gets really yeah it's really interesting but you know this was all kind of tied into so she was doing meth like while she was pregnant yes oh wow yeah it's crazy but yeah that's kind of ties back into the idea of how we weren't really talking about drugs but how like children develop certain temperaments and are more predisposed to certain behaviors than other children Mm -hmm. as a result of, you know, uh, the parents' behavior while they were pregnant with the child or Mm -hmm. even the parents' experiences of suffering trauma. Mm -hmm. Because trauma, like, gets passed down. Yeah, trauma gets passed down, yeah. Um, We're really, like, dancing around the, the science side of it. Mm-hmm. So something that we keep seeing in, in terms of like my own babysitting and like your experience with babysitting has been like iPads and like how they've affected kids. And oh, yeah. Like not necessarily just iPads, but the Internet itself. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. So we can see this with every generation and their different level of um, accessibility to technology. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandparents growing up with radios versus our parents growing up with black and white tvs versus you know people our age growing up with like you know like uh primitive internet like aol and like facebook yeah did you have a flip Mm -hmm. phone i had a phone that had an antenna until high school yeah and it's also like (laughs) when i was in like fourth grade i couldn't just listen to anything Mm -hmm. you know i couldn't go on spotify and listen to Mm -hmm whatever it's like i had to record the justin bieber song that just came out like i had to hold my phone to the radio and like record that so that i'd have it on my flip phone because i don't think i knew how to like download stuff on there (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean we when i was younger we used to have we got a family computer around the age of i was probably third fourth grade yeah we got our first family computer yeah and then some point later i got my first ipod uh-huh. and now i would download all my music from either itunes when on, was on this? this was elementary school okay but like either limewire or uh itunes and you would download your music off there so you had your did you have like an ipod nano those are cool not a nano it was um 
It was one of those slimmer ones. Oh, My okay. sister had one that was like a little older. I got a newer one because they like me more than her. But oh, so it wasn't a hand me down. It was like an actual no. new one. Yeah, I got a new one. Anyways, what were, what were we talking about before we went off on that? Well, I mean, it kind oh, of iPad children off on like yeah. first experiences like on the internet, but like iPad kids. Because what I've noticed is that a lot of parents will have like kids YouTube for their. Mm-hmm. the kids uh like their phone or their ipad rarely i see like kids have phones so like mm-hmm. i think the youngest i've seen with a phone is like eight yeah it's definitely a different experience but i think it's not completely um exclusive to this newer generation of i don't know what they call them now like gen alpha these really young kids maybe just super young gen z but you it's know it's weird to think about yeah like, how some were born in like 2017 yeah you're like holy crap like that child we saw inside probably was probably born in like 2020 no like i babysit a kid that was born like six months ago and it's crazy yeah (laughs) but um what what were we talking about oh yes but uh yeah there were kids in our generation who are raised by tvs or raised by video games Mm -hmm. which is tiktok yeah I mean, our generation. Some people, like, that's their entire personality is, like, TikTok (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) But at, like, a a young age and Mm -hmm. stuff, like, we we, we weren't raised on TikTok. We were raised Mm on, you know, Subway Surfers. You on Subway Surfers. And, And like, SpongeBob Dino Dash. SpongeBob Dino Dash. SpongeBob (laughs) Dino Dash. Subway Surfers. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else did I? Wattpad. Temple Run. I was on Wattpad a lot though when I was a kid. I should not have been on Wattpad. Like, if I like have kids, I'm banning Wattpad on their phone. Yeah, because I know what they people do on those apps. You know way too much about One Direction than you thought you would need. Yeah, I actually have a friend that like she writes kind of like fanfic stuff. Yeah, like she writes like erotic Ooh. stuff online for money. Oh, money. Okay. Yeah, it's my my. She does my... Oh, okay. Yeah. And we're just talking about that. She's, like, doing my face. She's like, yeah, I write for this lady, and she, like, gives me bank. Oh, so she's a a private writer. She writes for someone's blog. So someone has an erotica blog, and she writes partially for it, or exclusively? Exclusively. Like, she puts stories in there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Which is funny, because it's, like... Wattpad is breeding this new creative era of writers <laughs> <laughs> in that field of we're gonna have our next uh you know jk rowling and uh all these other big authors coming yeah. off of like Wattpad and <laughs> did you hear about that one author like jane buckingham that paid like 60 grand for her for someone to take her son's act test this is when like the the varsity blues scandal came out varsity blues is this the same thing as the uh, olivia like, jade oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. you just didn't want to call her out i did it because <laughs> i have a stan and i think I, I i've told them this before yeah but they yeah know. they're probably stands too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know you guys are entertained by that type of content like mm-hmm. thrift hall no she doesn't she's not thrift for one mm-hmm. what were you gonna say um Varsity Blues paying 60k to have someone take your kids ACT test. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. 
part, but and apparently her son didn't know that they were that his mom paid 60 grand for someone to take his act test he's like i didn't know my mom paid and i didn't know i was part of this huge scheme and it makes me so sad that like i took someone else's place who deserved it that's bs <laughs> yeah it, it sounded like a very uh pr yeah response i mean i wouldn't put it past the kid not knowing mm-hmm. much about it maybe yeah. but he definitely knew something about it he, he yeah. knew at some degree like my mom's doing this for me but i don't really know too much about it and then when it yeah. came out he got pr trained and when you take a test too it's like you know ballpark what you're gonna get mm-hmm. unless and... you're a bad tester oh really i guess then you would know you're gonna do pretty shitty yeah <laughs> i mean there there's been like a slight few amount of tests that i've taken in my life where it's like i think i did really good and i look at my results and it's like way under what i thought i could Get. That's any test I take in chemistry. Yeah, you're an old chem. Yeah, pretty, a pretty depressing uh, grade. Yeah, of <laughs> being in. Yeah. We just went way off the road. Yes. But it's fine because, mm-hmm. I mean, what yeah. what else are we gonna do? It's part of our natural <laughs> flow of conversation. Exactly. So we'll get back on top. We were talking we were about talking iPad. about iPads. Yeah. Yeah. So I think iPad children are interesting in the fact that what is an i define an iPad child an iPad child and I I think you would agree with me in this definition is a child whose um, parents raise the child heavily with mm-hmm. an iPad and use it as a form of entertainment a form of child care. supervision child care and uh, you know there's a lot of different things you can talk about it with that like access to the internet, mm-hmm. access to social media. You can screen just talk time, about like you know, screen, screen time, time they have. versus physical interaction, especially mm-hmm. young kids as we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, child development. Mm-hmm. They young children especially need a whole lot, like a whole lot of uh, social time mm-hmm. in order to develop, uh, you know, their social cues mm-hmm. and the like so i think it's about like balance too because i think it's just to a certain extent like the ipads or like screen time in general like video games ipad youtube mm-hmm. all that stuff to a certain extent like i think balance is like key mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff just because there was this one kid that i worked with that he would spend a lot of time like coding his own little like thing in minecraft Mm -hmm. Like, he was really smart about, like, building stuff, and he had a lot of coding games on his iPad. Mm -hmm. The Blizzard people. Yeah. So, (laughs) can I even say that? I don't know. Yeah, you can. But, yeah, I I think that's interesting because in one one way, you know, technology is, uh, it's really helped close the gap of accessibility to, like, knowledge and for children especially who have like disabilities technology has really helped them in what ways well you speak like children who uh children with autism Mm -hmm. they use ipads and it helps them like children who are nonverbal, they use ipads and it'll be like the little voice thing or they'll click a button and it'll help their parent understand Mm. um what what their needs are at that time Mm -hmm. so i think in that way or even yeah just there could be educational things you can Mm -hmm. do on there there's hand-eye coordination things you can do in there you know I don't, I'm not gonna say that hand-eye coordination is as big on an iPad as it is would be like 
tossing a ball back and forth, but yeah. there's still that level of uh, coordination that goes into that. But then once I feel like you're getting to the level of where you're going out to eat at a, at a restaurant, you see the parents eating at the table and all the children around them uh, playing on Roblox on their iPads. Yeah. That's, that's a different level of iPad mm-hmm. children. It, it's also, I think, kind of like interferes with their ability to be present, mm-hmm. which I think is a big concern with like kids and anyone now. Yeah. It's like, it's rare for you to find someone that's actually going to be present with you mm-hmm. versus like on their phone or like distracted by what happened to them that day. It's like, it's really hard to find someone that's pretty present, I would say. Yeah. And children, especially, they like, it's they're pretty... born with presence. Yeah, they're born, they need, or children, I should say, have a really short attention span, as pretty much everyone would probably know. Would you say, like, kids are, are born with, like, short attention spans, or, like, it's it's getting, like, affected? Well, they're naturally born with it, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to develop, their attention span is supposed mm-hmm. to develop as they grow older. And I think that in the way that technology is a form of, uh, is a form Okay. And that dopamine, that technology is a form of dopamine we get. It's a stimulus. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, an addictive thing. That's why we love, that's why we're addicted to technology. We're receiving, um, uh, (laughs) sorry, I was pointing pointing to a time limit and I started freezing up. I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) I put him on a time limit because I knew that like, even I have 30 seconds to talk before we take a little break and then get back into it. But um, I did put him on a time limit. I'm like, yo, you got a minute. So like wrap it up real quick. <laughs> and it threw him way off. I choked. <laughs> you probably had really good ideas, but I, I'm like, yo, you got, you got to stop. Cause I, I see it in his eyes. Like he's about to go off on a tangent. Um, but now I'm going to let you continue. Okay. Hi, we're back. And <laughs> we're back. All right. So as I was saying before, probably didn't make much sense, but I was trying to talk about how uh, technology is uh, the stimulation we receive from technology hits our pleasure centers. It's a dopamine response. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're so like people are so addicted to technology in their phones. It's like eating really good food or like doing drugs. Like we've talked about drugs a lot this podcast by more than we expected to but um it, when we talk about children and and um how they like their access to, to technology they're really young and having that much dopamine response that constant um need for like a stimulation is most likely the uh, research isn't too well studied at this point but mm-hmm researchers suspect that it's not very beneficial mm-hmm. in terms of uh, their development and de- uh, children developing patience and it might infect or might impact uh, the children's levels of anxiety, the amount of the mm-hmm. population going forward that might develop anxiety disorders or mm-hmm. different things like that that have to do with the amount of stimulation they're getting. I've also heard that like algorithms such as like that endless algorithm where like TikTok and Twitter, stuff like that. It's like actually banned in some countries. Yeah. Isn't TikTok banned in China? Yeah. 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 Yeah, But that's why uh, Vine was super big too, is because you could, 
in the same way that's for the same reason like tiktok's big you could just scroll and find new things like you have endless content yeah. but tiktok's is i think tiktok's like slightly worse because it's like they are they have so much info on you and like what you like to watch yeah. what you interact with for how long you interact with something even how long you like look at the screen when it's up yeah. and they take all that data and make your for you page like cater to what you spend the most time mm-hmm. looking at and interacting with so and also like as you're scrolling you're the the act of scrolling itself, I think, produces a lot of dopamine. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I'm going to scroll until I see something that kind of like gives me pleasure or mm-hmm. makes me laugh or whatever that may be. Yeah, and I think, and just in my opinion, I think Vine is even worse in the respect of, you know, young children developing patience. Do you think because, Vine is worse? Well, Vine is seven-second videos. Yeah. The amount of... the uh, attention span that you need for a TikTok, which can be up to what three minutes now? A tick. I think it's going up to ten minutes. Ten minutes. They're yeah. making ten. They're mi- experimenting with longer form content. Okay. Well, if it goes into that, then I just see that as a form of like you like YouTube scrolling because those are like mm-hmm. YouTube videos at the, that point. Those are actual like full on video essays or whatever people are doing. But you know, Vine was seven seconds. They were. It was the minimal form of uh, <laughs> mental stimulation. It's very brain numbing. Mm. But and I feel like that was TikTok, especially a while ago when they were down to what, I think, 30 seconds, 15 seconds was the max? Um, I think it's always been just been like 15 to 60 seconds mm-hmm. on TikTok. Um, but I think what, obviously, like time is a huge factor in it, but it's also the algorithm just like knowing everything about you yeah and what type of content you're gonna want to see and what you're not gonna see and like it's very quick to learn about you Mm -hmm. and like we've had conversations before too where like we're having an offline conversation and we're we'll be like in my room like talking yeah and then you go on your for you page and you'll see like what we were talking about too Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of that's just marketing and uh, mm-hmm. data selling and data mining. Mm-hmm. It's a really, uh, it's really intrusive, mm-hmm. I think. But you know, people have their opinions on that. Yeah, that's a whole. That's a whole another. That's that, another episode. That's, that's an episode for a different day. <laughs> social media and like. Mm-hmm. Social media is like a huge. Yeah. Topic. Yeah, social media. I think is like we were talking about earlier with kids' access to social media and what the negative yeah. impacts that could be. So in such an early like introduction to the internet mm-hmm. and how that branches off, whether it's they start creating content themselves, they kind of, cause a lot of kids nowadays, like their career goals are, I want to be a YouTuber or like, I want to be a TikToker yeah. or podcaster or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not your, your typical jobs anymore mm-hmm. that you see people kind of wanting to do. Yeah. I don't necessarily think, um, that at, those aspirations are as bad as necessarily just children having that access of the internet. And if we're all being honest, the internet's the most toxic place that we it's can a be scary on. Place. It's a very scary place. You go on. I kind of miss. Were you gonna? <laughs> sorry. You go on uh, TikTok. You go on Twitter. You go on Twitch. Instagram, you go on YouTube. You go to the comment section. Reddit. Yeah. I love Reddit. <laughs> you 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 feel crushed after l- reading yeah. through. 
20 comments. And if you're a seven-year-old, you know, posting Fortnite videos and someone tells you to, like, well, I don't know what I can say on here, but they tell you to go, like, expletive yourself. Yeah. Or, or you know, they, they, just, they Oh, you just, can cuss on here. Oh, I, okay. I, I just need to, like, write on my episode that it's going to be explicit. It's um, a, there's a little tag on it, and, like, I don't think kids are listening to this show anyway. It's mostly, no. like, 18 to 22. That's, like, the okay. demographic age. Yeah, but it's the internet, especially for young children who are especially vulnerable to mm. things like cyberbullying. Mm. So what do you think about that? Cyberbullying yeah. itself? Um, I think that like, you know, some kids have a certain aspiration to be a YouTuber and stuff and they go on social media and post things like that. It does Mm -hmm. open them up to bullying, Mm -hmm. but some kids also get it like unwarranted. Like some kids, um, might not even be a part of certain communities and like still get shit on online and I think it's a lot scarier for kids if it's in front of so many people because mm-hmm. it's like once things are online and when you're a kid too it's like it's scary that it's online but it's also scary that it's scary that it's online in, t- in two ways i think okay what do you think what are those two ways you think well the first one was that it's like all these people can see kind of what I'm getting bullied for, but it's also mm-hmm. like you can't really grasp how many people can actually see things. Yeah, It's like, I don't think they're old enough to grasp that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone's really old enough to feel the weight of like so many people having their eye on you. Mm-hmm. But it is a possibility, like especially when you're really young Yeah, to mess you up. And it's very different from, I mean, nowadays kids have access to the internet so it doesn't matter as much Mm -hmm. but you know before the internet you go to school you get bullied Mm -hmm. you know hopefully you have a safe environment at home you can at least escape to you have ways to escape bullying whereas cyber bullying you know it's in your pocket your your phone your ringer goes off Mm -hmm. ringer i sound like a boomer your your notification goes off and all of a sudden you have people roasting you on a Twitter or something for something you said getting getting ratio L press (laughs) ratio plus young boy better plus yeah (laughs) but yeah that's a whole that's a whole different can of worms that could be its entire episode as well cyberbullying yeah and it just puts kids at I I feel especially bad for the ones that like don't really warrant it you know the Mm -hmm. kids that they did nothing but somebody posted something about them Mm -hmm. because i feel like if you post like yourself and if your kids post themselves online then you know like there there's a consequence if it's not i mean if it's like you post anything online and people will probably bother by it yeah but for kids especially it's like they might do it in a very innocent way and then Mm -hmm. receive that flash like i mean you're babysitting children a few weeks ago who were just making youtube videos for fun i don't know if they posted them but i think they did because they knew really well like how to edit their videos and this is like the second time i've used you for views because like remember when they had me make a youtube video with them they're Mm -hmm. like call your boyfriend and break up up with him (laughs) which is another thing too it's like kids get really ballsy with the internet which is Mm -hmm. really dangerous 
Mm-hmm. They're going to get themselves in trouble. Like I said before, like they can't grasp how many people can see what you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. And especially when they're that young, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't think about that. Yeah. They barely know that there's anything beyond the city, the school mm-hmm. they go to, their home, the grocery store, let alone mm-hmm. 7 billion people. And it, it, <laughs> it I mean, yeah, and yeah, iPads are a whole different thing. The internet and kids is like mm-hmm. its own little sphere of, of a topic, but we're going to try to like reroute ourselves. Yeah. Because kids are, kids are very interesting. Mm-hmm. What draws you to kids? I think what draws me to kids the most, the, uh, I actually, and I actually like kids. I don't know about you. I know you don't. Okay. But I think what draws me, uh, or what's most interesting to me about children is mm-hmm. just their level of inexperience with the world and especially when they're young, when they're babies, when they're toddlers, they're experiencing all those things. Like even things that we take for granted, you know, going to the store, mm-hmm. um, seeing a plane fly overhead. Mm-hmm. You know, those are things that we get annoyed by. Yeah, but kids, like, exper- kids are like, what the hell is that? Yeah. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Like, Yo, did y'all see that? Yeah. And it's <laughs> exactly. So then they're experiencing those things for the first time. And yeah. I think not to get too poetic here, but I think it's really beautiful in a sense seeing kids experience positive things for the first time and, mm-hmm. you know, how those things might impact them going forward and mm-hmm. just, you know, it develops their sense of self and their personalities. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like our responsibility too, as like mm-hmm. future people that are going to like raise newer generations and stuff to let them be themselves Mm -hmm. and allow them to enjoy their own passions and different phases of their life Mm -hmm. because i feel like even when i was a kid and stuff like i wanted to be an author but it's not very popular thing to say because then like a teacher might be like oh yeah like that's cool but like what do you actually want to do when you grow up Mm -hmm. you know yeah a lot of it has to do with you know the cultures we grow up in yeah you know, whether that's, you know, there's different um, scopes that we grow up in. There's mm-hmm. the, like, the immediate family mm-hmm. where we have that scope of influence and we have our friends, our family, educators. Mm-hmm. And I think then we have, like, our communities and the countries we grow up in. You know, mm-hmm. kids who grow up in uh, um, the Netherlands have a different culture than here, you know, in South America yeah. or Africa. And there's different standards for how people want their kids to behave, how they should behave yeah. under social situations. And I think that, you know, kids, kids aren't going to uh, naturally conform, you know, we make them conform, but they aren't going to naturally want to conform to any specific way. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to move in the direction of their interests. Mm-hmm. You know, if that happens to correlate with what's But a lot of times wants, they but, don't. Yeah. And I think that has to do with, you know, that sphere of influence. Mm-hmm being you know if you tell a child if you say like what you're talking about being an author when you grow up Mm -hmm. if you if a kid's like i want to be an author when i grow up and then their parents are like yeah what do you actually want to do yeah that's (laughs) you're the kid's gonna lose confidence they're not gonna believe in their own decision making they're not gonna want to be an author and that's just gonna lead to a and and like what you think about really affects like the physical steps that you take so it's like if you think to yourself like oh i'm 
it's not a stable career. Like I'm, I'm not going to have any luck doing this. Mm -hmm. Then you're not going to like sit down and like start drafting up some, some chapters. Like you're just going to not even do it. Yeah. And that just comes from like your mindset and how you think about what you can and can't achieve. Yeah. I think one example of that, a more personal example on my part, or at least my dad mm -hmm. is he, his whole life or when he was younger, he wanted to be an architect. Okay. He want he loved, drawing making blueprints mm -hmm. he wanted to you know go into that industry mm -hmm. like of make like, developing and planning houses and then maybe like selling and flipping them that was his whole deal when he was younger and when he got into college when he started going to college his mom told him like because his dad my dad's dad was an electrician my mm -hmm. grandma was like you should be an electrician. It's easier than going to college. It's, it's like you should steady do, income. It's steady income. Like you, you won't be able to afford going to school and then, you know, paying for all your rent and mm -hmm. doing all that. And my dad, you know, stayed at school for a couple of years. But at some point he was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to trade school, become an electrician. Mm. It'll be easy income. And he did that for, you know, many years and he's paid for with his body mm -hmm. and now he's starting to get back into what he really wanted to do. He's getting in the, he's re a real estate agent. He's getting into, um, <laughs> he's getting into flipping houses and yeah. he's getting into what he wanted to do when he was younger getting more into and he's 60 years old. This is yeah. 40 years later after. Mm -hmm. So it's, it just shows you the sphere of influence. And, yeah. And it's so sad. Yeah. Cause like people waste so much time. Like my parents don't want me to do this. So it, it, a lot of people, it's like they, they have a passion. Mm -hmm. They have something in life that they want to do, but they don't do it. For me, it was like college, Yeah, you know, because like my parents wanted me to be in college, mm -hmm. but I knew it was something that like I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And I felt that like for a long time, I was just doing it because like this is what's expected of me. Like yeah. this is going to make my parents happy, but it, it takes a certain level. And it's really scary too to like mm -hmm. go against what your parents want you to do. Mm -hmm. Like that's really, really scary. And it's one of the reasons why a lot of people like don't go after like anything yeah. and why kids um, in a lot of ways, like hide who they are. Mm -hmm. And it's like to not disappoint your parents. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like the more you kind of hide stuff and not follow like what you're feeling for me, it was like not going to college. Mm -hmm. you, they're just like unhappier you get. Yeah. And I'd wonder if there's, you know, I think it'd be an interesting dialogue, not necessarily to talk about right now, because we already kind of went over it, but <laughs> to talk about why, uh, how parenting style, yeah, what that has, like that um, level of respect you have for your parents and how that might influence, like, how you might view a certain career path. Like, mm -hmm. are you going to disappoint your parents if you do that versus? I think you can still respect your parents mm -hmm. and veer off the path that they want you to take. Yeah. But and it's like, I respect myself and I respect you, but like respectfully, I'm going to do this other exactly. thing, even though you don't want me to. <laughs> yeah. And there's definitely that, you know, I think regardless of your level of respect for your parents, there's always, I don't want to disappoint my parents at any level. Mm -hmm. And so. And that's not good either. Yeah. And, but I feel like that's almost unavoidable. Like yeah. you could love your parents, you know, mm -hmm. as much as you can. And that would make you like, I don't want to disappoint them. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, you could hate your parents 
and then that's more I guess of a fear dynamic like I'm scared Mm. that I'm gonna fear like fail my parents yeah so then you're living in fear at that point and you're not even and when we're talking about like conditional versus unconditional love like Mm -hmm. in that sense too it's if you're moving in that way where you're making decisions in your life where you know that those decisions will make your parents happy Mm -hmm. you're living you're experiencing love conditionally Mm -hmm. it's like you think your parents will only love you if you're um getting a degree or like if you're i don't know if you become an electrician your parents will love you (laughs) or like if you're in the closet or whatever it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of kids don't follow who they are because like that fear of Mm. conditional love which is ironic because a lot of people grow up with conditional love yeah and if you want to talk about you know conditional love we could talk about a lot of you know one of the sources of that fear potentially Mm. um you know a lot of kids face you know neglect and abuse physical abuse from their parents and that's a big source of fear and you know that's still a pretty debatable conversation a lot of people yeah a lot of people are you know on one side or the other they think that you know spanking their child for example Mm. is uh you know whether that's good bad or something that can be conditional and not impact their children or they just straight up don't care about the impact of their children do you think that like spanking your kids is like conditional love um i think spanking your kids is see that's a difficult question but i think it's... i don't even know how i would answer that to be honest yeah. it's kind of hard to answer yeah because like it like conscious conditional love versus unconscious conditional love like you can say is one thing like i think a lot of hitting is generational like your parents hit you so it's just what you naturally think how you should be raise your children mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're like actively you actively dislike your children mm. but that that's how it comes off to your child that how that's how it comes off to people around you to the public space mm-hmm. so i think from that perspective you can say like yes that's conditional mm-hmm. but whether you know in the mind of the parent that's a whole different thing but, oh it's like i'm doing this because i want you to like behave yeah oh that's interesting like, oh, yeah. it might be different for the parent but like they're doing that because they love you they're hitting you mm-hmm. but in which is a super like fucked up thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's how a lot of people end up in abusive relationships too. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, I, I was reading about this the other day, but like we probably talk to ourselves in the worst way possible. Like a lot of people talk to themselves like in a really bad way. Like, Oh, you're, 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 the, you're your own worst critic. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of when your self-esteem is that bad and when you get treated that badly to where it's like, you're being physically abused, mm-hmm. um, you probably treat yourself in a bad way as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, if that's what you grew up with, it's but, what you expect, you think you yeah. deserve. So some people get in relationships with people who treat them slightly better than they treat themselves, but they still treat each treat themselves in a really bad way. Mm-hmm. So if your partner treats you slightly better, they can still treat you shitty, but they treat you slightly better than you treat yourself. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of people get stuck in like abusive and like really bad relationships. Mm-hmm. And it starts with like yourself and how you view yourself and respect. Yeah. I think, have you ever heard of Stockholm Syndrome? Mm-hmm. Well, Stockholm Syndrome. It sounds is, familiar. Isn't it, that a One Direction song? 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. It's no, it, it's pretty dark, but it's like this idea of, you know, it's this, uh, you're, you uh, gain trust and you become attached to your captors. And they typically oh. so- associate this with like prison, prison guard dynamics. They do, yeah. and or uh, like hostage situations, mm. like the hostage becoming connected emotionally to their captor mm. in like a weird sort of twisted way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that could be the case with, you know, forming relationships too, if you're, I mean, you might not consciously realize you're picking out people that are like your parent. If you experience mm-hmm. abuse of parents, you like you might subconsciously pick out someone who's seems at least like a, an abusive partner mm-hmm. because that's a familiar. It's familiar. It's safe, even though it's not physically safe or emotional or mentally safe. But it's safe in the sense of familiarity. It's familiar. It's familiar. Yeah, and a lot of people will choose familiar love over like real love yeah so some people might get like abused by their parents or like talk to very negatively because I've had friends who like had shitty relationships with their parents were treated in really bad ways Mm -hmm. by them so that's familiar to them you know like being abused and emotionally and Mm -hmm. physically that's familiar so it's like that's the love that they accept yeah it's a whole, it's a whole can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every, every, every uh, subtopic that we've had this conversation, we, we could easily just be like, oh, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot to discuss, I think. Just in We're also just like naturally overthinkers. Yeah. Like I overthink, like I, I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Which is why I have this podcast. Like <laughs> you have a lot of thoughts. And that's just me ranting to you or it's just good content. Yeah. That's good. what it is. <laughs> we all need the rant at some point in our own ways. Mm-hmm. I was also like listening to a podcast the other day where they're talking about like how some people need protectors. Like they expect their parents to like be their protection. Mm-hmm. Which is not the kid's fault, you know, but mm-hmm. like you things can get messy when there's a divorce in place. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, my parents aren't divorced, mm-hmm. so this is a situation that, no, we have different. Yeah. And I think that's we, an interesting... We can bring, like, different perspectives mm-hmm. to this. Um, but I was, like, listening to this podcast this morning that was talking about how, like, when a child's, like, parents are divorced, they get really bad self-worth from that. Mm-hmm. And they might even question, like, their own worth of sticking around yeah like i'm not worth sticking around for when one of their parents leaves they might even take the blame for the divorce yeah Mm -hmm. and i remember just you know my parents aren't divorced let's put Mm -hmm. that first but i would i always had that fear of a child too like whenever my parents would fight or like not not one time but like if they had a big fight or Mm -hmm. i noticed they had like several small fights for like Mm -hmm an extended period of time, yeah. then I'd get that thought in my head and I'd get scared. Like, I, like really? my parents can so get divorced. So no one's safe from this thought. No, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe most people who have, like, parents and loving relationships yeah. don't experience that. That could just be me. And you know, I hyper, I think too much. <laughs> I think, no, you know what, too, though? Like, thinking back on, like, my own stuff, it's yeah. like, even if they're together, mm-hmm. but they're not getting along and they're not happy, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, please stay together, like, for me like you kind of put yourself 
in the position where it's you put your worth on whether or not your parents stay together Mm -hmm. and that's not good but like kids are very susceptible to doing that just because they view their parents as like their protection and like the ultimate form of love at least that's how it was for me yeah to where it's like oh one parent leaves you and like they're supposed to be like the highest form of love there is it's like a parent and their child Mm -hmm. and then once that's broken once that trust is broken it's like holy shit yeah like what do i have at this point yeah yeah and i think that there's a lot of uh more like contemporary stuff being done in terms of like research because there's that whole expression that goes like you know i I don't know how often it it holds up in reality but people are like oh you should stay with your partner to your kids grow up for the sake of the child Mm -hmm. but then there's like new thought like new people that are coming out and talking about you know is uh that's is that what's best for the child like if you're in a loveless household is that more destructive than being co-parents in separate households? Like what's, what's better for the child, like being divorced or, um, loveless parents, because then that's going to create resentment between the parents and then, you know, possibly resentment between the child and the parents. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's, it's like, we can cross because that's a topic that like we really wanted to hit and like mm-hmm. how divorce or non-divorce can affect kids and like I didn't know what you said about how you can still have that thought like even if your parents are together like mm-hmm. that's really interesting to me too because I feel like um you can have a situation or a certain trauma in your life and be like no one else can relate to this mm-hmm. you know and the grass is greener on the other side where it's like, oh, you have both parents that you grew up with, like you're so lucky, but it's kind of like you still don't see that other side of it to where it's like, mm-hmm. no, you can still have anxiety even though your parents are together. You can still be miserable, like even if your parents are together. Yeah, like I don't... Sometimes it's worse when they're together. Mm-hmm. There's definitely people who are like, obviously should get divorced. Yeah, yeah they're, very, they're like... my parents are very <laughs> obvious. That's why I was also like, you know, in retrospect, looking back on my own parents, it's like, that was the best thing they could have done. Mm-hmm. Like, it rattled me at first, you know, it like shook. I had me shook. Yeah, but in <laughs> but, retrospect. But in retrospect, it's like, this 100% worked in my favor. Mm-hmm. Like, this was probably the biggest blessing I could have had. Yeah. And, like, in. And... <laughs> like, that was a blessing. Yeah. Now it's like, and in the moment, it's like, and, and with my own experience with like religion and stuff, it's like you kind of blame God for it because mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic. Yeah. Right. So it's like you turn to God for everything. It's like you pray for your parents, like stay together and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. So it's like you kind of blame God for not listening to your prayer. But ultimately, it's like you ended up with the best outcome. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not Catholic, so. I don't know specifically, and I know we're about to run out of time for another. Don't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that. Yeah. We okay. Know that. Okay. But <laughs> some, uh, things, some things we have to keep from. We have to keep audience. out of the fourth wall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, just marriage within the Catholic Church. I I would assume in just any like religious organization, like it's marriage very is very important. So especially if you grow up in that um, environment like being catholic for example then facing divorce that can be like shattering to your 
spirituality as well as your dynamic in a family and your relationship with god too. Mm-hmm. yeah that's all i had to say about that that's all you had to say in religion we're yeah talking about like religion and how mm-hmm. i feel like religion i i haven't had like I, I did grow up Catholic and I did go to church school and like all this stuff, but like you, you, it's <laughs> one of those things I never really vibed with. Like God, you weren't like Catholic, Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that like the religion that you're part of really skews like your idea of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, it's a like apart from a spiritual thing, it's mm-hmm. it's a cultural thing too. That too, yeah, and. I, I've heard a few times, and it was like a Scooter Braun podcast I was listening to, and yeah. he was talking about how, like, it, in certain religions, if you ask, like, show me God and what that would look like, and a lot of religions will answer, like, just look at the child if you would want to see God. Because I think it kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier in, like, kids being very present with life and like they'll see a plane flying in the sky and be like whoa look at the plane yeah they're just so excited about life random things like things we take for granted Mm -hmm. and i i think that spending time with kids it's like you can see that they're very like present and they're not distracted by their phone or like Mm -hmm. that's something introduced by the parents Yeah. yeah and they're not like oh the economy is crashing and like the real estate market is <laughs> how so is this not... going to affect the re- how is this going to affect the stock market <laughs> yeah they're not necessarily like living in fear they just kind of do the things that they like to do mm-hmm. which and this can go into politics too and recently i've been learning that it's not the best thing to kind of like shut yourself away from the news which mm-hmm. i tend to do a lot and if you try to you need a spoon you need to spoon feed yourself at I, least a little yeah, bit yeah i need to like get bite-sized pieces of like some mm-hmm. google article yeah it's best not to uh completely shut yourself off from that kind of stuff because you mm-hmm. it's still good to know like the things that are going around you but mm-hmm. everyone has a different level of management like you know i can receive a certain amount of information before I I need to be like, I need to get away from this versus you. Those can be different. Mine's very sensitive. And Mm -hmm. like, I can only consume like bite-sized content. Cause I remember when we were in Hawaii yeah, and I was, I saw that like article about that lacrosse team that like had, uh, Oh, uh, they they were like beating up. It was, uh, they beat up that kid and they put it online. Yeah. As I'm wearing a Duke lacrosse sweater. (laughs) Was it Duke? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It was a high school. Oh, okay. There were, like, some high school kids that, like, beat up this other one as a form of, like, hazing. Yeah. Introduction to the team, which it, it just goes back to the internet being, like, such a disgusting place. Yeah. Because I, I think <laughs> that's, that's a topic for the internet. The yeah. interwebs. Yeah. The internet's a whole different... Uh... Beast. Yeah. Um, were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. But um, there was something, it's kind of like going back a little bit, what we were talking about, we were talking about how the kids are worried about, uh, you know, like rent. the economy, <laughs> they ain't worried about rent, they ain't worried Bitcoin. about, they're, you know, <laughs> they they're worried about, vibing. yeah, I think it's an interesting topic too, because a lot of the way that children learn is purely through mimicking, especially like, like when they're 
you know, infants. That's how they learn. So like when children are, you know, like partially the reason why, you know, you see kids today with like, and like an increased level of uh, competency with technologies because yeah. they see their parents on their phones, you know, when they're six months old, they don't know like how the hell a phone works, but they're, they might hold like a brick up to their, not a brick, their child, but they might hold like a, like a banana up to their ear and be like, this is a phone now, you know, they're, they're playing. And that's, that play is like essentially the, the language of learning. So would you, what do you think they learn from like looking at their parents be on their phone a lot? Oh, I'm sorry. What do you mean by that? So I feel like some kids, I feel like we might not be conscious of it, mm-hmm. but like us using our phone in front of a kid when we're supposed to be spending like quality time with them can also mm-hmm. like affect them too. Oh yeah. Like if, I mean, it, of course you can spend time on your phone obviously, but mm-hmm. you know, if there's like, if a child's like Talking interacting with you, you like yeah. it's probably best to interact with that child as mm-hmm. opposed to ignoring that child. You know, and like, of course, it's going to be at some point you're like, get away from me. I've been playing yeah. th- this game for you with an hour. Especially but... <laughs> when they have like a lot of energy. Like I used to babysit yeah. a kid with ADHD. So it was like a lot. Yeah. They needed my attention constantly. So I can also see where like the iPad comes in or, you know, just like needing time by yourself. It's definitely a form of decompression. Because this, this kid's got too much energy yeah. and too many thoughts running around their head, mm-hmm. as we all do. Mm-hmm. How many thoughts do you think we have on a daily basis? I know it's in the thousands. Oh, God. Um, yeah, at least the amount of, like, individual thoughts. Well, because then you got to think about, like, what... See, what that's it, why meditating yeah. is important. Like, what do you call a thought, too? Like, it's, like, what, looking at something and processing the fact that, like, that's a lamp. Is that a thought? I guess that is a thought, yeah. Yeah, so if you're talking about, like, that, just, like, what you're seeing as thoughts, like, translating your brain, it, it's got to be in the millions. Then. I guess, like, I wonder how that lamp works. Yeah. Or, like, oh, okay. I wish I bought a different color lamp. Yeah, there's a lot of mini ones we have throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think it's really interesting, like, because we're, you know, talking about babies and children, like, yeah, what what kind of stuff goes through their head? Because we don't necessarily remember everything that we were, we weren't necessarily conscious mm-hmm. back then. Would you say so? Well, I mean, that, well, that's all. That's a whole nother yeah. movie. That's a, <laughs> the con- like, when does consciousness begin? That's a whole existential uh-huh. thing. But um, you know, there's that moment I think we all have where <laughs> all of a sudden we're two, three, four years old, and then all of a sudden we gain consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> it's our first memory, like, <laughs> like I'm here Where'd now. Where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> you, like, have a dream about it, yeah. too. hmm You have a dream You're about a something. big believer about dreams. I, th- I have mixed feelings about dreams. I think dreams, like, at a you know, biological, psychological level, have some tor- some, uh, some tor- some sort of a symbolic meaning How as to like biology? what we're hmm? oh, what you I'm sorry I interrupted you oh no. ADHD <laughs> no but I think um you know because we, we're th- still thinking when we're sleeping mm-hmm. our brain's very active when we're sleeping we're going through different our brain's constantly doing mm-hmm. a a wave of mm-hmm. thoughts and we're entering REM sleep going out of REM sleep mm-hmm. we're constantly thinking and that's why we dream we're just thinking mm-hmm. 
so it's it's it definitely means something mm. but whether it's substantial or something it's because dreaming is also a way that we learn mm. i could go off on a whole tangent about this mm. as well i'll meet you in the middle okay because i know that like <laughs> We've had conversations about dreams before and yeah, we've had a conversation about (laughs) dreams before and I'm always like, dreams mean absolutely nothing, Mm -hmm. but I'll meet you halfway okay? okay? because I know that like you're, you talk about how like dreams can mean things Mm -hmm. and they can like bring out stuff that like you might not be aware of Mm -hmm. and like this is something that in private we've talked about before, but now I think uh, I will admit because I, I was listening to like some interview where they talked about dreams and how your brain's in like a different s- state. So like mm-hmm. it makes you more susceptible to like receive inspiration mm-hmm. to that you might not get receive like amazing ideas Yeah, when you're awake versus when you're asleep. So mm-hmm. like you're more susceptible to receiving different ideas or like higher level ideas when you are asleep and inspiration mm-hmm. um also like signs of intuition and stuff like that but that's more like a spiritual side of it mm-hmm. um there's definitely a like psychological side like i, I won't go off on a whole tangent i'll keep it li- i'll keep it limited uh-huh. but you know there's the don't whole don't limit yourself too much so <laughs> there's they the don't whole... they don't want that there's the whole uh you know people listen to music when they sleep really yeah I mean, you listen to like affirmations when I, you sleep. I do listen to affirmations just because it's it goes back to like when you're mm-hmm. a kid and like you get talked to in a certain way or like people don't believe in you or they mm-hmm. might treat you negatively. So it's kind of like breaking down those beliefs that are probably in your subconscious. Like in your conscious mind, you might be like, no, I am worthy of like that job opportunity mm-hmm. or going after that goal. But subconsciously, you might not believe in yourself. So it all's like a lot of it's subconscious yeah. too, where it's like while you're sleeping, you need to like reaffirm yourself and, and get your beliefs straight as in like yeah. you should believe in yourself and have that confidence that might have gotten mm-hmm. wrecked. Yeah, that's the, five. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing I was talking about with uh, learning in your sleep. Like there's a reason you do that when you're about to go to sleep is because you're like even when you're sleeping you're still taking in information you're really you're processing it information like, like would you say like information that you get on your phone or like events that happen throughout the day well like i'll speak on this one study that i learned about in school mm. um i think it was in my psychology class that i took a while back mm. but um the they uh did the study where they had like several people play this game like i don't know uh if people are too familiar with them but you go to like an arcade and you like uh there's like a plastic bite like motorcycle or something you sit on yeah. or like a like a snowmobile or something uh-huh. you sit on it and you like move it back and forth and then you're like do- skiing or something on the screen really so they had people play that game okay with who were unfamiliar with the track mm-hmm. and they had them play them like i think like a couple times and it was like the people were still kind of struggling because it was, like mario kart um a little bit yeah have you played mario kart i have played mario kart but you know there's this track they're unfamiliar with the track you know they played a couple times maybe like learn it a little better and they have them go to sleep after that and in the morning they wake up they have them play it again Mm -hmm. and their level of knowledge of the track is like dramatically increased as opposed Mm -hmm. to the night before because they process that information while they're asleep and they learned 
a lot more about the track when they're asleep. So they're, oh, that's, that's what, interesting. Yeah, so that's why they say, like, sleep is especially important for mm-hmm. young kids. It's a whole sleep itself is a important aspect of learning mm-hmm. because it allows your body. I think we've talked, we've talked about this Yeah, before, we've talked about yeah. this before. <laughs> and I'm not, like, an expert on it, like, at all. But I don't know the, like, specifics of it. But I'm assuming it has to do with the fact that your body's at its most calm least alert state you're not like on high alert you're not in like any sense of like survival mode or anything you you have no worries you're just vibing in your sleep (laughs) it's like what brain because there's like levels to like your brain state right you like different parts of your brain no like brain waves brain waves like when you're when you're meditating your your brain is like in a different Mm-hmm. yeah there's um because a lot of what goes on your brain is just there's like levels to this there's shit. synapses yeah. there's yeah. like electronic <laughs> it's like electric signals in different parts of your brain you're utilizing yeah. throughout the day throughout you know even this conversation we're utilizing different parts of our brain to discuss mm-hmm. different things mm-hmm. and yeah so when you're like meditating you're using a different part of your brain maybe you're losing less of your brain because you're just mm-hmm. focusing on yourself you're just zen yeah. <laughs> so i think it's important though to meditate mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. that's a whole different thing yeah then there's you we need you need to start meditating i feel like <laughs> would you ever start meditating but I, i've i've tried mm-hmm. in the past and i feel like i'm too uh too active too giddy do you know what that means yeah. have you yeah. ever heard that is that a white word to say Giddy. giddy yeah <laughs> i don't think i've ever used giddy in a sentence yeah yeah but anyways like i feel like i'm too uh hyped up to meditate for more than a few minutes really do, do you think it's important though because like with meditating it's like i, I overthink stuff too so mm-hmm. it helps calm your mind because obviously having a racing mind all the time or like thinking a lot can be bad for you and give you like anxiety well, yeah, I th- I think, you know, just as you're talking there, it just came up with, like, a different perspective of thinking. Like, I was thinking of meditating in the traditional sense of quiet and just sitting and mm-hmm. being with yourself. Yeah. But I think I meditate, like, people can meditate in different ways. Like, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I listen to music all the time. Uh-huh. And I think, like, you know, just when I'm, even when I'm, like, doing homework or something, mm-hmm. but then when I take a break from homework and I'm just sitting back in my chair, mm-hmm. listening to whatever I'm listening to, that's... Mm-hmm that's beneficial to your mental health. That's me- that's meditating yeah. in a sense. I think anything that requires you to like be present in like kayaking, we mm-hmm. kayaked the other day, which was not the other, yeah, the other day. That was basically last week, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I already made an episode on the Hawaii trip. Yeah. I feel like it would have been a lot better if you were on it. Is it Was it posted yet? <laughs> it's posted, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was really fun. Anyways, what were we talking about? We were talking about meditating. Yeah. But, um... No, I do agree with you. I have, mm-hmm. Like, there's different ways to meditate. There's, like, walking meditations and mm-hmm. all kinds of... I used of to go stuff. for a lot of walks when I was, like, 18, 19 years old. That used to be something I would try to do um, to just relax, try to be present with myself and yeah. try to forget about all the stresses of the world around me. I'd the go outside walk. world. Yeah. Ugh. Nighttime walk. <laughs> nighttime walks hit different. Yeah. Like I'd go and sounds a little creepy to be honest, just walk to the park at night and just by yourself. Yeah. By myself. 
Oh, we can never. No. The 80, 80% women that listen to this podcast <laughs> can never. Male, male privilege coming out, but just walking in the park by yeah. myself late at night. <laughs> Not a care in the world. But yeah, just going to the park and just, yeah. you know, cold air at night. It's, it hits different. Cold therapy. Yeah. What do they call it? Cryotherapy? I don't know. It just takes you out of your body. Cryptotherapy. You know? Yeah. Like, it takes you out of your body. Mm -hmm. And, like, it it makes you feel more into your body. And I think once you get more, like, in tune with your body, you get less, like, out of your mind. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, what were we going to talk about? I feel like we... We've hit all our points yeah. in terms of, like, human development. Mm-hmm. And I think we did a really good job of, like, sticking with kids mm-hmm. and how they can be affected. I learned about you. I don't know if you learned about me. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um. But we wanted to end it on a better note. Yeah, because... <laughs> talking about like the internet and uh like religious existentialism and yeah. spirituality isn't necessarily uh that positive mm-hmm. but <laughs> but yeah we we talked about i think a lot of interesting things we did yeah um, i thought i did pretty well for i think you, my first time i think you did really really well thank you i only skipped over my words like seven eight times do you think so? Yeah, a couple times. The only thing that kind Better of like irritated me about you being on the podcast is that you make like little noises. So you guys, if you hear like little rappers during <laughs> the episode, that's him like playing with his straw and being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> we can just end it here. I just no, we don't have to. Because we have to end it on a better note. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that like he used to go on walk. Yeah, I did that. What are we doing after this, by the way? Because we said we were getting like, do we want to tell them what we're gonna do after this? I don't even. Know I think what we're they want to know. I think a part of their brains like, I want to know what they're gonna do. This is part of the parasocial relationships yeah. they form with you. They, I, I believe they would expect you to have a plan. So if you don't have a plan, they're gonna be like, "Whoa, this dude's lame." Are you gaslighting me in front of all these people? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. We plan things together, mm-hmm. which I think is half the fun. Yeah. I think with Hawaii, we planned the most that we've ever planned before. And now we're just yeah. kind of like burned out on planning. We barely had today planned. Like this, yeah. this whole idea of me coming on the podcast was mm-hmm. pretty uh, spontaneous. But I think it's good that like we... I, I think half we always do like new activities, which is fun. It keeps things interesting. Yeah. So like planning was planning Hawaii was like pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes we just like get on FaceTime at night and like plan something or make a reservation. Mm-hmm. Which is fun like bonding time, I think. Because mm-hmm. a lot of other couples just like watch TV, I feel like. I don't think there's a problem with that. Like if yeah. pe- people people like what they like. Yeah. You know, like I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with like every once in a while, like going watching a movie. Yeah. But like, I think, you know, doing new experiences together is just as fun as just spending time in, together in general. Like if you yeah. can enjoy whatever you're doing with your partner, that's, mm-hmm. that's a good sign of anything. Yeah. And as long as like, 
most of the time you're, I think, just like for us, it's quality time. I think I know for other couples, it's different though. Like mm-hmm. other couples might have like a different love language, and they might mm-hmm. like playing sports yeah. together or spending yeah time I like that. <laughs> I don't mind if we're you know sitting down forcing her to watch the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. for the first time because she hasn't watched those, or if we're you know jumping out of an airplane. Either way, we're oh having my fun. God. <laughs> We jumped out of an airplane mm-hmm. a few months ago. Have you not talked about this on your podcast yet? I have. Oh, you have? But okay. they don't know, like, your side of it. My side of it? Yeah, your side of it. I was the reason she did it. Yeah. I said I would never in my life, because this, when we first met, remember, mm-hmm. um, I was actually reading that book, Think Like a Monk. Yeah. And somewhere in it, they talk about, like, creating new experiences, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I remember you said at Barnes & Noble... Mm-hmm. that one of your bucket list things was like to jump out of a plane mm-hmm. go skydiving you said you would do it like i would i not because you said you wouldn't do it so no part of me whatsoever was like i'm gonna force her to do this yeah like i didn't even expect you to be like to do and it i didn't me. expect yeah. to do it with you either yeah so i was completely fine with that i was like at some yeah. point in my life i'm gonna jump out of an airplane yeah and it, it'll be a cool experience and then a few months later because your birthday yeah. was coming around. My birthday was coming around. And like speaking on experiences, I I was gonna get you like I had a few options, right? Okay. I was like, I haven't I heard could these get before. Him, I could get him like an expensive cologne, you okay? Know? Or yeah. I can get him like I don't know a dude thing, like a manscape set or whatever. <laughs> manscape subscription. That, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Dollar Shave Club. Something that's like semi. You know, I spent money on it, so you know I care mm-hmm. type of vibe. But um, I was it's, I was like, if I'm going to spend this much money on something, like, might as well just make it, like, an experience that, like, we can both remember. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he ends up, like, hating me, like, at least he has, <laughs> this, like, a memory, which I don't know if it's good or bad one. But um, at least, like, we have something we experienced. Mm-hmm. I know. Versus spending a ton of money and, like what to have something sitting there in your room yeah with no excitement in life but i also did i have did it for you and i have did it for myself too because i know that like it's a big it was a big fear of mine heights or just jumping out of airplanes specifically i think everyone's scared shitless of jumping out of a plane unless you're like our guides Mm -hmm. the people that those people are insane yeah i would never like i don't like i Right now, maybe I jump out of an airplane. I'm not even sure yet at this point. I don't think I'm ready. No, like, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready yet to do yeah, it either. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'll do it mm-hmm. once a like year or like once. And now it's almost been. It's almost been a year. Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm going to need like another year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can yeah. do this. Like you give me like earplugs and a helmet like they had. Yeah. I think it would be a lot more, like, a lot better experience. But, I don't this is getting a whole different topic of conversation. I but it's I, fine. Yeah, but I think that, you know, like you are saying, having an experience going somewhere, like, jumping out of an airplane, mm-hmm. going to Hawaii, going to, uh, you know, the mountains, mm-hmm. that's a lot more of an enjoy, that's a lot more uh, valuable, at least in my yeah. opinion, than, you know, having a new iPhone or, you know, having mm-hmm. AirPods, having a like PS5, your AirPods you know, or something. Yeah. yeah. 
that like possessions are temporary memories are gonna last you until you forget yeah until you until you're old and gray yeah hopefully hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i think that's been really like we got like six minutes left so we're just kind of gonna go off on as many tangents as we'd like six minutes of tangents yeah i'm guiding him guys i'm like letting him know what Mm-hmm. what we're gonna do as i'm recording okay yeah what else is working for us in terms of our relationship yeah um why are we having personal like relationship <laughs> discussions like on here i mean it's I feel like, like we it... don't even talk about this in private you know <laughs> i feel like it's sort of like an inevitable thing like when if you're doing a podcast with your with your like boyfriend or girlfriend no 100 your, your yeah. you're just you're just uh you're gonna eventually get on the topic of relationships at some point yeah yeah and we're giving ourselves six minutes to discuss the entirety of our relationship it could be a whole episode it could be a, an episode in the future yeah we could just do a little teaser in this final yeah. six minutes but i asked you mm-hmm. i already forgot the question i asked you what's been working what's been working yeah, I think I think we touched on the major one, just having yeah. experiences with each other. I think too, like when we have experiences, like we kind of grow from that in a way. Like when we went kayaking, mm-hmm. I don't think I've told you this in private even, mm-hmm. but our tour guide Dustin, who had like parents that like grew up where you grew up, mm-hmm. so it's like we got along really well with him. Um, but one of the things he told us, like while we were kayaking, was to communicate. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was like his main thing. It's like, you need to communicate with your kayak partner. Um, a lot of people weren't doing that. <laughs> and then he like branded himself as like a relationship coach or something. That's what he was calling himself. Yeah. But the entirety of that trip, like I had that like at, in the back of my mind too, which is like communicate, communicate. Oh, so you took that in a I deeper took, level. I did. Yeah. Because um, you see how it's important when you're, doing something together like kayaking Mm -hmm. you know because justin has a tendency to not kayak all the time when we're supposed to be kayaking you're not supposed to be calling me out i kayak as much as the next guy i i was kayaking 99 percent of the time but you know i'd put my because he caught you and he was like stop stalling your boat we can have this conversation (laughs) off off. this is gonna get heated yeah (laughs) I'm kidding, but um, yeah, that, that's interesting that you say that. Like how you took that at like a deeper level than like I face did, value. Yeah, and you know, there's those little kids that were like zigzagging in front of us and hitting every kayak. Yeah, in our path, but because Dustin was trying his best, and you can tell that like our tour guide too was like he meant it on a deeper level. I don't know if you caught on the level, like he meant it on a deeper level. Well, because he was talking about he kept making jokes throughout the thing, like how yeah. you're gonna hate your. Your, your girlfriend dude. or your wife after this or yeah. something like he was making jokes like you it's gonna be a good bonding he was like now thinking about it in retrospect he was just basically saying this is gonna be a great experience for you guys as a group as a mm-hmm. mother father you know uh husband wife whatever mm-hmm. dynamic they were but yeah and or that tour guide in particular, I mean, I took him seriously because he's like 30, you know, he's like married and he's got kids. Mm-hmm. So it's like he knows something 
and I always something's kinda, like, working at least something's working out for him like he's a pretty cool dude so like he's laid back as yeah hell. he even offered us substance yeah substances yeah that's that's probably what's working partially he's probably doing some stuff <laughs> probably right before the, the tour yeah <laughs> S- sitting in his truck yeah but i did take him to heart with that yeah with that being said i think we're gonna end the episode here we talked a yeah. lot an hour and a half yeah this is my longest episode to date mm-hmm. see now i don't trust myself this is like my test run and like having people on my podcast mm-hmm. and like talking to them i'm i didn't think it would last this long but it's mm-hmm. also you so like you know we're just you just have a conversation with the person you, if you don't yeah. think about the uh recording too much uh-huh. it's just you're just having a conversation and it's a lot easier than having a conversation on camera because I've tried doing it on camera too, mm-hmm. but it, it just never, it hasn't really worked out for me. Like mm-hmm. I remember I, I, I think I said this in the earlier podcast, but, um, about recording and how I don't really feel comfortable doing that. and like recording a podcast at the same time, mm-hmm. but for marketing reason, reasons, it was suggested that I record on both things, but I was like, nah, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not for me anyway we're yeah. gonna end the episode here okay any final thoughts um got? am i supposed to plug anyone um we don't even follow each other on instagram so like, <laughs> you're not i'm not giving you the outlet to <laughs> do that um yeah um i guess the nothing then uh it was a pleasure being on I'm being all formal again. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Okay, good. That's what. And I'm glad that, um, I don't want to end the episode here, but I'm really glad that, like, we had this discussion Mm -hmm. on the podcast. And I'm glad that they got to hear your genius self. So thank you for being my first guest. I really, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I know this, like, means a lot to you too mm-hmm. so i know it's it was really interesting she's you know pretty personal with her uh yeah podcast yeah but <laughs> but you know it's uh it's nice being on and mm-hmm. being able to see you work and it's nice having you on too mm-hmm. i would say that because usually i just record and then i put my phone on airplane mode and it's like no one bother me because mm-hmm. this is like my alone time too and like my outlet of like creativity if i have a lot of thoughts or something that i've been thinking about a lot recently Mm -hmm. so making you a part of that was like really fun Mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad i was able to get a sneak peek into this space (laughs) into this space into this uh jessica exclusive zone and we weren't gonna do this no right we were this was unplanned this is impromptu but we practiced and i was like Justin's, you know, got a lot to say. I got <laughs> a ton to say. Same. We're one <laughs> the same in that aspect. I don't stop talking. Which is good. See, yeah. that's why I'm telling you, like, you should have your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about? I'm thinking about it, but good. yeah. I'll show you how to do it. Okay. I'm not kidding. Maybe. I'll think about it. What are you brainstorming? What kind of ideas are you brainstorming? Like, in terms of like what the 
subject of my yeah um sports maybe you know we've talked about a lot of like philosophical um existential stuff you know even though that's not necessarily like that might not be the uh if you have happiest podcast, thing might be your first guest yes of course okay. might not be the happiest thing but like you know it's stuff that i like to talk about and that's yeah. ultimately what's important I think that, like, as long as you have a group of people that like listening to you and your opinions, like, it can Mm -hmm. be a positive space. Like, even if it might be a dark topic, it, like, can still be a positive. Yeah. I'll at least have one stan in the the chat somewhere, maybe. Yeah. At least one stan (laughs) that you find on, like, Reddit and, like, tell them, yo, like, can you listen to my podcast? Yeah. And... I think even if like you did like a sports podcast too, mm-hmm. like that's interesting for me because like mm-hmm. we were at what that one restaurant the other day, and I was ex- at that bar and we were yeah. ex- I was explaining you all the jerseys on the wall. Yeah, and that was like really fun because mm-hmm. I ask a lot of questions too, and like you mm-hmm. talk a lot, so we, we just yapping, yapping all day. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do after this? Because like I feel like we're not gonna talk to each other. <laughs> like are we gonna keep talking? You're just gonna go over that corner. I'll go in this corner. No. We'll film another episode. You know what we I'm can do? I can just edit my my stuff and for like twenty minutes, and then we can go get food or something. Yeah, I'm not too hungry. We had Taco Bell earlier. Don't say that so like yeah. seductively, please. I wasn't saying. I was just saying it a little quieter. I don't know. She had a gordita crunch. A cheesy gordita crunch. And she's pretty my full. Favorite. And I had two beefy five layer burritos. We can get Krispy Kreme. You she don't want to leave that the apartment. I, I could leave. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like get I, I out of leave. here. I could get out of here. Uh-huh. Um. So how many episodes in? I'm gonna end the episode here. Okay. Because I don't want to get into a different topic. We we would we literally yeah. make like endless episodes. Yeah. But I'm gonna end that here, you guys. Thank you so much if you listened this far mm-hmm. into the episode. Thank you to my boyfriend for having the willingness to talk to me <laughs> in the podcast. Thank you for the people uh, who are listening to uh, be in this space and give Jessica mm-hmm. a little area to talk about and give her a little community yeah. to uh, a safe a safe community to talk about things with. And uh-huh. yeah. It's because they love me. Yes, they and love it's you. like, how can you not? Yeah. You know? Just, so it's like, even I mean, just if... Look, just look at you. I mean, they can't see you, but yeah. just look at you. No, it's like, they don't have to look <laughs> at me. They can just hear me and be like, I love her already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Queen. Anyway. Okay. We're done. All right. Now we're done for real. Okay. I'm not going to let you plug your Instagram. I'm not going to plug anything. I'll say goodbye. All right. Are you going to tell them goodbye? How should I say it? You could say, like, what your plans are for, in terms of your own podcasting. Well, and, I... okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you was going to talk, I interrupted you. But I'm still going to interrupt you. Okay. And with, hypothetically, what your podcast, I mean, you already said mm-hmm. it was sports. Like sports or something uh-huh. philosophical or. Yeah. Yeah. Or Maybe a mix. you combine the two. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do, like, philosophy and how, like, sports. You can make, like, sports analogies with philosophy. Mm -hmm. You can combine the two. I can create 
a toxic community by bringing in different avenues of people with completely conflicting ideologies and you create habits. Yeah. I can be extremely messy. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty good at that, pretty naturally. Yeah, you can like, <laughs> bring together two people or like on campus, find someone and be like, hey, mm-hmm. do you want to have a debate about this thing on my podcast? And then just like, oh, do God, you like be debating? Wa- do, I think we're getting way too <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this one thing, then we'll end it, okay? Okay. I I think debating in some ways can be productive, but I think overall the uh, culture around debating is pretty toxic and I agree. and is more about show like if you talk about like yeah. presidential debates, like that means absolutely nothing. It's all just a show. Anyways. And it's like even if you win an argument or like even if you win a debate, like so you what? actually win. Like what 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 has changed? No one's opinion's changing. Yeah, like the other person, if anything, is like more less susceptible to adopting your beliefs. Yeah, they're more closed. They're more yeah, like defensive and yeah. stuff. The only thing you gain from that is an ego boost and mm-hmm. you think you're you got a you got a bigger you got a bigger ego, piece. but it doesn't help you like it doesn't help like, anything. Yeah. It's it's purely just an ego booster. Something for entertainment. We could have touched on politics in this episode. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot to say about that as well, so do. I'm not going to pop off on that. <laughs> if we ever did an episode on politics, it would just be Justin talking the entire time. <laughs> Just got off in the corner on her phone. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Our phones are on airplane mode. Yeah. Our phones on airplane mode. You should probably text if your mom See if I did, your yeah. mom texted you or something. Yeah. But we're going to end it here, guys. Okay. Thank the, you so actually much this if time. you listened this far. Yes. And we'll see you in the next one. I'm going to hit stop. Okay, bye. Bye.